it's important to just let go and go with your your natural flow your natural energy then the natural changes in your mind that come to you you just have to go with it this is sammy curry and welcome to chapters of my life podcast if you ask yourself what actually is chapters of my life podcast i can only ask you the question imagine your past life so right where should i start imagine you need to write your life story in form of a book already And often we think we have to be 60, 70, 80 years old to do that. But it's a challenge itself. And frankly, not everyone has thought of this. As we all think when we get older, we should write about our life. But in fact, we have so many experiences ready to share with others already. Achievements, failures to learn from, positive and negative life transitions, which in the end lead to the person we are today. This Chapters of My Life podcast is an inspiring collection of life transitions packed into a podcast audiobook format, capturing the willpower and belief of people doing important life-changing decisions to inspire other millennials to learn from and to see that life transitions are here to help. We interview innovators, athletes, entrepreneurs, and idealists, giving an insight into their past life from young age till today, and maybe future untold plans and recovering topics around sport, entrepreneurship, mindfulness, travel, nutrition, meditation, and much more. Everything which leads to the present there today. Interviewed by me, Daniel Ludwig, at by Daniel Ludwig. Great to have Sammy Curry, founder of Social Tent, on this week's podcast, episode 20. I first met Sammy end of 2016 in Dubai at a social entrepreneurship meeting. Sammy, born out of the belief that professionals can apply their skills and talents for the betterment of society, he founded Social Tent, a platform that connects talent to jobs with a social, environmental and cultural mission in the Arab world. All about finding breaking through entrepreneurship, but also turning frustration into daily energy. Sammy is this social entrepreneur who you can have a laid-back talk, someone who carefully listen, but also have a passion for personal development while empowering others for social change. All right, time to let the podcast episode 20 begin. This time with a social entrepreneurial and personal development angle and key sessions for young entrepreneurs. Enjoy. So here we are. Thanks, Sammy, for taking the time. Thank you, Daniel. I, I always enjoy our conversations together, so I'm looking forward to this conversation. So thanks for coming to me, to my place here. <laughs> Welcome. I expected you actually to come as we meet no, right now in the evening, but actually mm. I met you today earlier in the morning. In the morning it was, right? Yeah, I think it was, yeah, like, uh, no, it was a late afternoon. Yeah. Late afternoon yeah. at Jitex. At Jitex, yeah, Jitex does that to you. It, uh, time flies. <laughs> yes. So for the people who are listening, so Jitex is like the technology exhibition here in Dubai, happening every year. And I was surprised seeing you there, actually. And because I actually, you know, had in mind I'm going to see Sammy in the evening, doing the recording, etc. But I was surprised seeing you on the, in in that in the, in uh, in um, in Chitex, yeah. the technology part, yeah. because you are more focused on social entrepreneurship. Yeah, used to be. So w what happened? Why why you're there? <laughs> so yeah, I mean, uh, still still in the social entrepreneurship scene, still running Social Tent, where 
we recruit for jobs in sustainability and social impact. And I've been doing it for about two years now. It's been off to a great start, doing well. Yeah. Now, as a self-employed entrepreneur, it's yeah. important to just always keep keep your options open with respect to the kind of businesses that you can run and sources of revenue. So um, the reason I was at Jitex is because I, I recently partnered with a friend who is based in the UK yeah. who um, recruits for blockchain. Okay. So um, when he told me about that, I got really excited about it. It's something that's new, something that's very innovative. It's, you know, they, they say they say that blockchain is the next internet. And, you know, I thought, hey, why don't I help you guys, uh, um, you know, recruit in Dubai and yeah. the UAE? Because a lot's yeah. going on here. And if, you know, I'd love to be a part of it. And and that's what I, I like to do. I like to do things that excite me and and something that, you know, I look forward to talking about further is that I like to wake up and be excited about my day. I think blockchain itself is also just a buzzword, right? I mean, so many using blockchain as a buzzword. No one really knows what it is, but everyone talks about it. Yeah, right? sure. It's not like a synonym of the technology age where we are right now. There are a lot of buzzwords, you know, cryptocurrency, blockchain and then so on and so on yeah sure there are a lot of buzzwords going around i mean not just in tech well more so in technology than other parts and or other areas and and there are always buzzwords happening here in you know in the uae in the gulf because yeah. i mean my opinion just they they want to get everyone excited yeah. so you know blockchain might be the buzzword today and tomorrow it'll be another buzzword you yeah. know who knows what it'll be and i mean To me, what I see, the, the important thing is that it's actually being implemented, you know, and um, I was I was surprised at how blockchain is being implemented across all industries, yeah. not just tech companies, normal, you know, companies in retail, manufacturing, education, fintech, um, supply chain management and um, government, of course, you know, so that was just really I was just amazed by it, and yeah. I thought, you know what, let's let's do this. I think when you dig dig deeper into the uh, topic, yeah. you know much more about it. Yeah, and for you sure. You know what it means. Yeah, and for where sure. And you can use it in which industry as well. Yeah. Um, Sammy, I'm still in shock, to be honest. You know, when you mm. came today earlier, yeah, you came 15 minutes before. Actually, yeah. six o'clock. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> you're the very first person I met here in this region who is actually coming yeah. not just on time, but even 15 yeah, minutes before. Yeah, I know, because uh, when, <laughs> I know. whenever I make plans with my German friends, I make sure to arrive early. <laughs> I don't want to be late. So that's definitely an impression right now. Well, yeah. you keep respect to me. Um, but it's not very common to be on, always on time. Is, is, it, is it more you always? Like, is it Sammy who is always on time or, uh, or always before or is it is it something where you say ah, this is usually not me but it's you know i just wanted to be you know what i believe yeah. in something very simple which is treat people the way that you like to be treated and part of it is just arriving on time and yeah. showing up when you say that you're going to show up and um you know it's the little things that count and it's just a way of life that's interesting that's showing up you know just yeah. when you promise you show up Sure. Yeah, yeah. I think this is a key, and you 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 teach that as well, or to also to younger people, young people in entrepreneurship. Mm. Sometimes they just need to show up. Right? Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, showing up and being your best self. You know, you show up and you're prepared and you're serious and you're focused, 
and uh, no matter what you're doing, no matter what you're doing, it, it's not just in entrepreneurship and in any area of life. I mean, the sciences, arts, sports, you know, it's when you show that you're serious and passionate about something, you can accomplish many things. Of course, that's the energy you send out, right? To yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. To it's, literally it's, everyone. Uh, yeah, for sure. And it's an energy that I, I believe in, you know, and it's, it's a starting point. Yeah. Like if you're not giving something 110%, it's really, uh, it, it's not good for you. It's not good for anyone. Because, I mean, obviously people have, they, they have different, um, you know, they, they have different ways of life and, and different contexts and different choices. So if you are blessed to have the choice where you can do something that you love and you have that energy to give it, then yeah. you give it. Give it yeah. out. So, Sammy, we met, when did we met? I think one year ago, one and a half year Maybe ago. Maybe a bit more. But one and a half, two I years. I think we, yeah. did we run in, we ran into each other at the Social Enterprise Workshop hosted Correct. by Emirates Foundation. Exactly. And it was two years ago. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and another, another law ago. firm, they were... Exactly. Working on putting together some sort of legislation for social entrepreneurship in the UAE. And which is a challenge yeah. here, to be honest. Yeah. A huge challenge in the UAE. Yeah. So one thing which I kept in mind since that time, you know, you're one of the very few people mm. living here, very passionate about social entrepreneurship, but also, you know, started a business, Social yeah. Tent, yeah. which is literally all about that topic, bringing the right know-how skills to companies who are looking for for this kind of skill set. You've been quoted online. As someone t uh, mentioned that Sammy is very passionate about the cause he believes in and the project he's involved in. Mm. Um, a quote on LinkedIn yeah. from your page. Yeah. What are the causes you're mo really passionate about? You know... Um, There's so many causes out there. You yeah, know, there are so many causes out there. And I think part of it is not just about a particular cause, but it's kind of the way that you live your life and the activities that you do on a, on a daily basis. Now, I mean, right now I'm, <laughs> I'm 33 years old. I recently got married to my amazing wife, Tamara, and I've really just focused, like I really prioritized things in my life into basically three areas, which is my work, myself, and my family and friends so that's so when people ask me what am i doing it's like i'm just doing those three things and i'm, I'm getting deeper into each one uh, <laughs> every every time every day so i think when he talks about the causes it's basically anything that it's, it's doing what i want to do and what i want to do are things that help myself like they it's from my personal development and help me grow my character and you know, just help me learn and achieve more. And it's for what I can contribute to society, what I can give back to society. Yeah. So I think in this context, when he's talking about causes, it's not only when it comes to social tent, which is where, where we connect people to meaningful work, we connect people to jobs that have a strong social or environmental mission. But it's also things that I've, I've worked on in the past. I mean, you know, the first thing that got me into to social entrepreneurship um, It was in 2010, and I was approached by a uh, Palestinian NGO. They're very respectable. They've been around for 30, 35 years. 
And at that time, they really wanted to reach out to the young people. So they approached me and a few others and they said, hey, you know, we want you to create the youth chapter for us here. And um, I said, yeah, for sure, I'd I'd love to. And, And at that time, I was 25, a few years out of university was working um i mean i was working in an ad agency for a bit and then i worked in a, in a food marketing company so when they approached me for that they just gave me this opportunity they're like yeah we want you to create mm. this youth chapter and i'm like sure let's do it and yeah. i i've never been i think it was the first time in my life where i thought okay i actually have the chance to create something on my terms <laughs> so conditions exactly so that really excited me and of course you know it was a youth chapter of an NGO so it allowed me to be just very creative and come up with these different ideas and honestly I mean I, I remember you know when I was working on it and I was on that laptop and just typing yeah. hit, hitting that keyboard I, I, I was aware I had that self-awareness I'm like wow I've never felt something like this before where I'm actually so driven because it allows me to do what I want to do and develop myself. Yeah. And also I'm contributing. Con- giving to, back to at the same yeah, time. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So um, it start, that's where it started from. And um, I did it for about two years. And uh, yeah, and then after that, I, was, I went to business school for a year. And um, I think I remember at that time, we started like a, uh, like a, this club for master's students with with all these mm. different activities and um so i think that's where that that quote came from because i i know what quote you're talking about it's yes. uh, he was he was with me in, in business school so um and then also at that time business school that's where i conceptualized social tent you know at mm-hmm. the time uh, i'm like okay well i think there there's so many people out there that are like me that simply want to work for a job that has a higher purpose you know, obviously we all want to make money and need to make money, but mm. if we have the chance to give back in one way or another, yeah. whether it's education, the environment, innovation, you know, that that would be that would be perfect that combination. So I thought, okay, well nobody else is doing it, so why don't I start it? That com- finding that combination is actually very it's tricky. Very tough. Very it's tricky. Very tough, you know, yeah. so usually many work nine to five on a job just to make yeah. a living and then contribute. Or give back yeah but combining both is a challenge exactly and, and that, that's yeah yeah and that kind of go, goes back to what i was saying that it's about the choices that you have and you know i'm blessed to have this choice where i can actually you know i'm in, I'm in a good position where mm. i can do a job that i'm very passionate about yeah so let me walk back on time a little yeah. bit um and when I did some research about you, you know, mm. I know that's more a lot focus on social entrepreneurship. There's a lot of focus on, uh, as you said, giving back as well to uh, society. Yeah. If I would find your book in the library, mm. what section would it be? Would it be under social entrepreneurship section? Would it be under business? Mm. Uh, would it be under? Yeah. So. I know, uh, what section would I look for? Yeah. So, uh, you know, th- those questions you sent me beforehand were quite difficult. You know, I tried to, I went through them like, oh, I'm going to have a hard time answering them. But um, when you say that now, like what, what section of the library, I would say personal development. Personal development. Yeah, yeah, because it all goes back to your internal world. You know, 7 billion human beings, 7 billion unique characters. You need to know 
what it is that you want to do and develop yourself accordingly where obviously you can sustain yourself and where possible help others yeah so yeah what's your favorite book in the, in the personal development section you know you must have books at home yeah regarding yeah i this. do I, yeah yeah so what's I mean, your favorite book yeah yeah for sure i mean so <laughs> what would you recommend my favorite to the listeners? i mean besides your book obviously <laughs> so um It's, I would say it's one of my favorite. So whenever I say something is one of my favorites, it's yeah. because I've either read it or watched it a thousand times. Like okay. when, when I do that, that means, you know, you that's can't my forget favorite. it anymore. It's yeah. your brain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so one of my favorites is the um, Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. Love by that book. Robin, Shar Robin Sharma. Definitely also my, on my, on my list of my, top of my list. And the reason is, is because it's such a simple book and yet it's so, I don't want to use the word life-changing, but it's maybe life-evolving mm. because all it's doing is telling you, you know what, you have these unique characteristics, take these simple tools and apply them every day mm. and you are on your way to, to do great things. I think that book itself is also very easy to read. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, you can yeah. relate easily to so exactly. many daily life. Situations. And it was it was the first book that I got into in the whole personal development yeah. field. Great. So what what I see when I pick the book from that shelf? Mm. Your book, your book. What would I see? What is it? Is it? Is it? What would I see on the cover? Okay, so it's it's not a picture of my face, like like many other of these uh, personal development books. Um, I mean, I kind of have an artsy side, so I think it would be something along the lines of, I don't know, something like space, galaxies, stars, Milky Ways. Why, that, why is that? I don't know. It's very, whenever I think of that stuff, it really just... Is it about like dreaming? Is it something which you can't, haven't discovered yet? Because when we talk about space, it's literally something unknown, you know? I is see it something it, yeah. which is related to you? I see it as limitless. Limitless? Yeah. That's that's what I. So how would you relate that to yourself? What is it like limitless potential, or is it something? I mean, not not just po potential, you know. Just and again, I mean, I'm just coming from my own uh, feelings and and belief systems. I, I don't like to feel bogged down. I don't like to feel restrained, mm -hmm. and that's also you know a large part of why I chose this path of. Mm -hmm running my own business yes and i think i will keep doing that for a long time as long as i can yeah so um it's just i always had this feeling where you know i'm tired of these rules like why is this rule here it doesn't it doesn't make sense or it's it's yeah. only you know bogging me down so again it's just it's just a feeling really okay so You said limitless. Yeah. Actually, I was thinking what other words would be related to the book, to your autobiography, before we go into details, you yeah. know, uh, yeah. childhood, etc. What are the key words? If I look for it, you know, if I type it in limitless, your yeah. name, obviously, what other key words or hashtags, let's say, in Instagram would I type in to find you? Uh, um, key words, okay. Yeah. Obviously, okay. social entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Limitness. 
limitless, but what are the verbs? You know, um, perseverance, focus, doing what you're passionate about, if you can put that in a whole hashtag. Passion, yeah. Um, doing what you care about because, yeah, you just, if you're not doing what you enjoy doing, forget being passionate about it. You know, at least it, you have to, on some level, like what you're doing or on some level, enjoy it, you know, your daily activities and your job. Yeah. Isn't that like, because the other day I had thought about, you know, the work-life balance, we always yeah. talk about this. I mean, yeah, you just yeah. mentioned about this passion, do yeah. what you really like. Yeah, yeah. Not just liking, but you really, yeah, yeah. you know, and it's not easy. living it. It's not easy. Would you say with the work-life balance that if you really love what you're doing, that mm. there is no differentiation between work and life? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, you know what they say. It's like if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. Yeah. But I still think that, you know, you always need to prepare yourself and you always have to have this very strategic mindset, you know, about how you want to make enough money for yourself and then, you know, make money for your organization and and all that. Like you, you can't just go in and be like, okay, yeah, I love, I love doing this. You know, yeah. you have to have the skills you have to have the techniques the expertise the relationship building skills all those things they come together mm. they, they it's come a combination together. of all yeah, yeah yeah just so you can not only survive but thrive i like that yeah. i just survive because uh, so many times people just survive on a daily basis yeah they don't even know it yeah because they, do. they don't know anything else they don't know that there is something more what they explore yeah and uh, you know that's something that i find you know, quite sad, actually, that every day I talk to people and they just, they're so miserable when it comes to their jobs. Mm. And, you know, I tell them, I'm like, if you don't like what you're doing, change your job or do something or, and then again, there's a lot of people that are like, you know what, I love this nine to five gig. Great. That's awesome. But there are a lot of people out there that are just simply not enjoying what they're doing and it's affecting their health. Yeah. You know, health is the number one thing. If you don't have your health, you don't have anything. It doesn't matter how much money you have. And every day, I mean, I, I just talk to people and they're, you know, other day I was talking to a friend and he's like, yeah, I mean, I was uh, interviewing and this other job, they were going to give me like a 30% raise. But then I asked them how much traveling it would require. And they said 90% traveling. And he was like, well, I have a wife and... A kid mm. I want to watch my kid grow of course yeah. you know I'm not gonna take it I'm like good on you good on you you know it's yeah so that's just like a little example and and again I mean it's all about the context of your life and what choices you have I mean some people they just simply don't have a choice and we have to recognize that yeah often when we um when we complain about certain things you know we, sh we take it for granted actually we should have a job but many actually don't have it at all yeah and this is something yeah. very uh, something very like to think about it because yeah. we take everything for granted having a house having food exactly and we should actually really not take it for granted and that's the and especially in social entrepreneurship when you're working in a specific field work, yeah let's say in the third world country you see you actually appreciate what you have. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you appreciate more what you have. You're ha automatically more happier. No, I think absolutely. This is, and yeah. I mean, even in the Arab world, it's, um, I mean, 
it's the youth unemployment in the Arab world is staggering. Yeah. I can't remember the exact number right now, but every time I read, you know, the, the, the latest statistic is just <laughs> shocking. Yeah. And also, you know, education levels and poverty levels. We, yeah. we forget that living, living in a place like Dubai, we, f- we forget that the rest of the Arab world, the youth of the Arab world hmm. there, a lot of them are suffering, unfortunately. Yeah. And the suffering we don't see it necessarily no, because it's actually on purpose being hidden. So let me uh, let me open your book. Let's say yeah. I open your book, first page. Usually you have a thank you page. Who do you thank you most? Thank yeah, most in your life for sure. I or mean, who would you dedicate the book to? I mean, uh, first and foremost, my my family, my mother and father. They've given me a, a beautiful youth, which I think is. Um, very important i mean um when you're growing up the the events that you have throughout your life they really they affect you more than you think um my sisters my my cousins how many sisters i have two younger sisters sisters. and of course i have a big thank you to my wife tamara who is you know my rock and who puts up with a lot of the ups and downs that i go through on on this journey yeah which you need. Always, yeah, you always yeah. need someone. In there. So I go to the table of content. Yes. What chapters would I see? How many chapters would I see in? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's not chapters. easy to, you yeah, know, it's, it's, not it's, easy. it's, it's uh, actually, you know, when you're 30 something and someone th- talks about, you know, writing about your life, like, why should I write about my life? Why yeah. should I put it in chapters? You know, I still yeah. have, I don't know how many years. Because you think sometimes, you know, when you're 50, not even 50, 70, 80, you should look back. So have you thought about how many chapters would you have in your book? I mean, it wouldn't, maybe something like 10 chapters. And, you know, uh, it's 2018 and I always, I'm only 33. I always think back about, you know, my youth and my, like growing up in Dubai in the 90s. And... It was a really interesting time. I mean, it's really different than the Dubai that we see today. And, you know... How, how was it? 80s. Because Dubai in the 80s isn't Dubai at all as it no, is today. No. So Where we're sitting here right now was a desert. Of course, yeah. Uh, it's literally, was nothing here. So, um, yeah, I mean, we moved to Dubai in 1989. I was four years old. And uh, obviously schooling here, it was... It was a lot smaller. It was a lot simpler. I mean, basically, your lifestyle was going to school and then going to the beach. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, as kids, you're going to go to your, your friend's house and yeah. watch movies and play video games. And it was so simple. And, and there's just a lot, of, a lot of beauty in that. And even though the UAE was not as developed as it is today, you know, it didn't have... You know, back then it didn't have all the uh, the bells and whistles that it that it has today. Mm. It's still something that I'm actually, in a way, thankful for that I was able to to see that era in its simplicity before mm. things skyrocketed, which is natural. I mean, all cities yeah. evolve. But even the evolving here is in, at a scale which you can't compare to other cities. And I see, like here, sometimes the streets are changing every. Two, three weeks yeah yeah exactly <laughs> you cannot even oh trust google maps yeah, or whatever yeah, it's like see, changing see. 
Oh man, yeah, um, yeah. It's uh, and it's just because of the the vision of the the leadership and the government, yeah. and they they made the right decisions, and they. Um, it's admirable, actually. It to is see, very to very, be part of that as very. well. And I wish yeah. other I wish other Arab countries were the same. And that passed. But at the same time, I also realized is when a city is evolving in such a speed yeah. that you learn more about the moment, you enjoy more the moment, because that moment might be gone in two weeks' time. Let's say that, I don't know, that view from the window that the building, building looks like that. Mm. It might be different in two weeks' time, completely, because there's another skyscraper literally... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. ...piling up. So that's actually, you learn more about scanning the moment. I don't know if that's a new case as well, but I realized that. For sure. I mean, living in the moment, I think, is especially in this day and age where not just in the UAE, I mean, around the world, everything is so fast paced and there's always something new coming out and new buzzwords mm -hmm. and new trends where you have to just relax and breathe and mm -hmm. just be calm. Like when your internal world is calm, you can glide through this external world that's just constantly changing mm. and there are different ways to there are many techniques and you know we talk we've talked about this before about just meditation exercise having a healthy lifestyle mm. you know it, it's it's not rocket science it's not rocket science but having it as a routine keeping it yes is a rocket sign for many that's true because some often it's a yo-yo effect you know when you start something you're super motivated and then you yeah that's true and I mean granted. the more the more I read about you know um, sticking to your goals and committing to things like they say you have to do the boring stuff yeah. you have to do the stuff that you want to do because that's what's going to help you reach your goal hmm. and again I'm, I'm speaking general because I believe it applies to so many things being persistent I think is the key yeah being persistent yeah and by the way yeah. th th this stuff can be learned you know like if you're not as motivated as you want to be and you're not as committed you can learn that yeah in, in different ways just and and again we spoke about it you know just incremental improvements kaizen which is i think is the only it's the Love only it. it's it's the only uh <laughs> you know the, the, those terms that that i understand from you yeah, so the Kaizen, you know, I actually I came across this a couple of weeks ago. I learned from this like years ago, but came across this much more detail now. Actually, Kaizen is all about improving the moment. Everything mm. you do, think about how you improve it even yeah. more. Yeah. Fine-tune it and not just take it for granted that how it's supposed to be. There's always mm. a better way to do it. And obviously, you can also look into other tasks from other people, how to help them making yeah. it, that they become more effective. And it's just small, small, as you said, small yeah. incremental steps can lead to a big change in the future. So I, I read this book called Think Small, and it's written by this um, behavioral science think tank in the, in the UK. I, I forgot the name. And they have this re real life example in the book of a cyclist. And what he did with his team was to make incremental improvements to every aspect of his cycling whether it's tweaking the wow. wheels or tweaking the chair or what he wore and the the helmet like he made so many little improvements 
that that's what you know helped him win a lot of the times and i mean that's that's the the premise of the book is that if you want big results start small yeah and and make these small changes and 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 it it took me time to to accept that notion and and i realized you know after talking to people and and learning about it is that if you make too much of a big change mm. too quickly it could actually you could actually hurt yourself yeah it's even get worse than the moment you started it yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. so it's okay to make small changes just do just stick to it like you said persevere mm. and um you know you'd be surprised yeah how was sammy as a child thankfully i was you a happy <laughs> child happy child yeah yeah how do your parents or your you have younger sisters yeah, yeah two so younger sisters two younger sisters so how do parents remember you how, <laughs> how, how how do you remember yourself in age four or five i don't know yeah, if you have memories like yeah, were no, you I like someone who were like running around or it's like yeah like yeah happy? i was definitely a lot more energetic than i <laughs> than i am today and um just always excited about things and wanting to try different things and you know like and i think that kind of worried my parents a little bit even till today it's like you know sammy stick to one thing <laughs> and you, you, i have you I like have to use multiple things yeah exactly yeah. i like to just just stay stimulated and try new things and push myself and again in in the areas that that i enjoy and i mean yeah i mean you mentioned about explorer you like to try different things i think yeah almost all childs yeah kids for sure are like this what's so unique what was so unique which is like so typical you yeah in your childhood it's like so this is so typical me when i was like or do you have any mm. uh memory where you say okay this was like this was an accident uh, when i was like i don't know whatever yeah. four or five years old this is so typical me you know do you i remember mean, something or i mean i remember like a general characteristic not, not necessarily a particular event right now i mean for a long time I, I was kind of the the class clown in my in in my uh, in school, and I just loved it, you know, just making just making jokes in class and making people laugh and getting in trouble, and and that's just what excited me. It's like you know, fuck this, I don't want to sit and listen to this boring stuff and just stare at everyone in class, and and then obviously I, I paid for it. I got into I got into trouble, and. Uh, You know that was that is something that kind of defined my childhood, where it's just about just letting go and being silly and not being so serious all the time. Don't take life too serious. Yeah, don't yeah. Let, take life too serious. And funny enough, I mean, this is something that I I've learned to tap into more. Yeah. And that's this is something that I I tell people. I'm like, like, you know what? Just what was it? How did you feel when you were a child? Hmm. You know what? What are those things that made you feel great? Tap into that, no matter what it is. If it's sitting there and reading, or sitting and drawing, or painting, or or just playing sports, you know, just bring it back. Yeah, I think what you touch is also that maybe as a child or a kid, you have the lack of experience, but that in return brings you to a stage to say okay let's i'm just gonna try it yeah. i'm not gonna stop myself from the experience i'm just gonna try it out exactly you know i'm not like okay 
I stop everything based on my experience and, you know, I'm more conscious, careful. No, I'm just going to go and try. I'm curious. Exactly. I want to try it out. And, I mean, that... Absolutely. I mean, I, I agree with you so much because, <laughs> like, where I am today, I feel like there were there are times where I just look back and I'm like, wow, I'm connecting all the dots. Like, everything is making sense now from my childhood to university to work experience to my to business school to to starting a business and 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 still looking at other future opportunities yeah. and, and it's all coming together especially because it's connected to who i am as as an individual mm. and who i am as sammy yeah and and again this is in in all of us you know we all have these unique elements and you have to do your best to make it work even if it's not popular even if your parents say you know don't do this or you know take the safe route like work work in a government job or you know work in in and and like sell chocolate and soda yeah that's safe that'll make you money go do that mm. it's it's hard to say no to that again if you have a choice of course <laughs> i mean in our generation it's nothing It'll stay the same in five years. Will be completely different. The industry as well. I mean, often the jobs, the jobs we will have in 10, 15, 30 years, will be completely different than we have today. Blockchain. Yeah. Five years ago, ten years ago, no one knew what no. actually it is. No. So it's actually invented over the last couple of years. But yeah, adaptation yeah. is the key. Yeah. So actually, That's with with respect to blockchain, it's it's kind of interesting. By the way, you didn't ask me. You didn't ask me what is blockchain gonna be later <laughs> later in that chapter where we where we go into detail uh, now <laughs> so <laughs> well, you can answer now yeah because yeah. i wanted to actually dig deeper later because uh, oh. that you you wanted you know you're going more into blockchain now yeah, in the couple, yeah. last couple of uh, months and years so but but, so first of all what <laughs> blockchain has actually been around for a while it was just limited to a very fringe uh tech community mm -hmm. and they were using blockchain I don't know what years this was exactly, but then only in the past few years has it become commercial now, where now they're saying, okay, you guys have been playing around with this really cool technology. Let's commercialize it. Mm -hmm. So that, that's, yeah. yeah. Sectors as well, yeah. different sectors. In the yeah, space so that's, that's pretty much what's, what's happening yeah. today. Yeah. Um, let me go back to the childhood. Um, yeah. Where would you say is like was a turning point uh, in your childhood? That's the thing, Daniel. Like, was there's so many turning points. I mean, there's, it's because like when yeah. you talk about chapters, it's like yeah. yeah, I can see it. You know, from my jump from even between schools. I mean, I went mm. to Shweifat, which was pretty much like a, a military camp, and then from there I, you know, trans jumped to Mawakib, which is like a uh, it's a zoo. Uh -huh. So um, even that was a transition on its own, um, just being in a different environment and um, learning to adapt. And then even f moving from Shreifat to Mawakib, it was very, I, you know, thankfully I was conscious about my, my, <laughs> my, my grades because it's like, okay, I want to get into a good university, so I have to make sure I get good grades. So because in Shweifat I was just failing like every year I was just getting lower and lower grades and just okay. kept getting into trouble and and um, what was the reason I just in couldn't sit I the... just couldn't sit still and I just didn't like that there were all these rules and I again see. like I'm, I'm I, I was very different than, than the, the person you see today I'm a lot more laid back and a lot more 
<laughs> relax, you know, which was many, many years in the making and practice. <laughs> okay. So, um, so yeah, and um, that was a, a transition on its own. It's like, mm. okay, uh, I'm in an all-guys school and I've just got to, you know, hang in there for three years and yeah. then you know, go to university. I went to university in Canada for four years. That was a really, I mean, that... that and this was from 2003 to 2007, and that was, that was like, um, that was also just a, a great experience. I mean, it was like this launch into adulthood where it's like, yeah. okay, you know, you're not in comfy Dubai, you're out there on your own, and yeah. you're, you're going to make a fool of yourself, yeah. and you're going to learn from it. As a teenager, yeah. or before university, as a teenager, yeah. Were you always interested in social entrepreneurship? Did you have already this sense of like, it's going to be something social? No. Or did no. you have something other? Were you interested in like sports? So you wanted to be a football player? You wanted to be some, I don't know, let's say a Formula One driver? I don't know. Yeah. Did you have anything specific where you said, as a teenager, I want to become like this? Honestly, Daniel, at that time, no. And, and I'm glad it was that way. Like sometimes, sometimes, you know, when you're young, you shouldn't think about this stuff. And... Like, I just, all I cared about was, you know, playing sports with friends, hanging out with friends, going to the movies, playing video games. So all kind of stuff. Yeah. Kind of, it's not like, you were not like interested in one particular no. like area. No. And again, like, I don't know. I'm glad like it, it yeah. went that it's way. It's good actually. Yeah. Because yeah, it's, it's, so many actually have that, you know, in childhood, they have always interest in reading, let's say, or always interest in writing or in sport. And they keep doing this, yeah. you know? till the moment of truth uh, steps in and say, I can't make a living from it. But on the other side, the society also push you of, hey, you have to find something. And sometimes already in the, you know, children sometimes, or kids have to find something in the kindergarten. Often in the kindergarten is already kind of a business, sometimes, you know, school program. <laughs> yeah, but forced no, to find something. I, I know what you're saying, but again, like, you know, sometimes you just have to let, leave kids alone. Just leave them alone and let them enjoy being in the moment. Because eventually they'll have certain experiences and they'll learn from it. And that will help them decide what they want to do later, later in life. And I mean, for, for those, you know, younger people who, who still, they, they feel they, they don't know what they want to do that. Do, they don't know what they want to do yet. Try something. Yeah. Do something. Write a blog, start a side business if you're in university or high school or whatever. I mean, you know, join clubs, like do something. Don't sit and like sit on your phone and watch Snapchat and then expect for you to be inspired yeah. and act. You know, I mean, inspiration, it's just 10 percent, you know, uh, you know, you know, the quote 10 percent inspiration, 90 percent perspiration and suffering. Yeah. So, as a teenager in the school, um, yeah. you mentioned about the class clown. Yeah. And I was actually thinking when you mentioned about that, what was the reason? You mentioned about you loved making, or you liked making other laugh. Yeah. Did, did you also like to, to be on the spot, right? Or to distract mm. your like, I don't know, problems or like worries, you know, and then just to put a mask on for a clown <laughs> being like a different than you would be outside of the school? 
Yeah, I mean, you because know, that's interesting. Actually, yeah, like now. like back then I was a lot funnier than I am today. I think. I mean, <laughs> if back then it was easy to like you know make a bunch of kids laugh and just. I don't know. It's it's something so emotional and just something from the gut where, you know, the, I don't know. Like what, one day, I, like I see this teacher. He's walking funny and he's pulling up his shorts with his with his balls sticking through his pants, and I'm like, that shit's funny. So then I do the same. I walk into a class and everyone's laughing, and you know, just it just it it's it's breaking the mold. That's what mm. it was for me. It breaking was like, the ice bre- and that, yeah, breaking like the whole vibe and energy of just sitting in a classroom and and reading whatever you're told to read and whenever something funny came to my head i would just say it out loud thinking it would be funny and sometimes it was funny sometimes it wasn't i mean yeah and 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 i mean i, I at the time i was really into you know robin williams and jim carrey and i'm like oh my god these guys are hilarious like so that really just inspired me and to just get into that and be yeah. like that be silly yeah. yeah sure part of it i guess was for the attention i mean it's just a, of course, yeah. a thing of it's it's a nice feeling you know where you say something funny or, or stupid sometimes you I, I embarrass myself but a bunch of people laugh i'm like you know what this is but it's also about you know when you just you mentioned that several times now like you don't like rules not to that extent you know yeah. you don't like to confirm yourself to what society tells you or in a school class or in classroom what the teacher exactly yeah. tells yeah. so you kind of break the rules as I said through being a clown or making jokes to bring yeah. in something which is not common yeah thank you Dr. Daniel yeah that was very uh, similar yeah because <laughs> when you say uh, Robin Williams I'm thinking of Patch Adams yeah and that's very similar you, you've been told to do that kind of medicine in the hospital you know in the movie what do you do instead you t- come up with something completely different yeah and i mean um yeah and it was also (laughs) again because i wasn't like part part of the childhood is because it was a much simpler life i would watch a lot of movies yeah so i really liked these guys and i would just get excited and i would make these silly impressions and that's how i would entertain myself you know and and i like that and and you know now sometimes i see that in um the nephew of of my wife and and he he has that as well where he's just like he i mean he's five years old he's six mm. years old he's a kid but he entertains himself and he he makes these like jokes to himself and he makes these impressions i'm like that's great because you're stimulating your imagination yeah and you're stimulating your brain yeah and which i think in this day and age is it's really important for kids because you know you don't want to be you like kids should not be stuck on a screen all day yeah sure play video games watch tv shows i mean we all like that but it's still it's important to just let go and go with your your natural flow your natural energy then the natural changes in your mind that come to you you just have to go with it and i think that's just what was happening in my childhood yeah um Talking about your childhood and teenage age, university, and you mentioned that it's very hard to put it together in chapter or finding yeah. chapters in between because you could have probably several chapters just in this 10, 15, 20 years. But what if you put a theme on, if you put a theme around this kind of age, like from till, let's say, 18? Yeah. Because when I, I open <laughs> your book, it, there has to be chapters. There has to be at least, you know, some sections 
like categories yeah i mean okay. or themes maybe yeah what would it be what would be like the what would be the at least the first theme I mean, the first theme would be, you know, I'd say the first chapter is just called, you know, welcome to the world. Welcome to uh, planet Earth in the mid 80s. And then the 90s comes around. It's like, okay, welcome to junior high, high school. Um, I think, I mean, though, I think those would be <laughs> like three, three or four chapters. Because again, I, I feel like there were these mini transitions within, within these uh, areas and then you know the chapter of university and yeah. the then chap so how yeah, was the university for you how was the university for you so yeah so I, where did you study i studied at in acadia university yes in uh, nova scotia in canada you did a business administration yep yeah yep and um it was totally new for me and it was really exciting and it was just this new experience where i was I don't know. It's just combina combination of things, uh, meeting different kinds of people. It was, you know, funny enough, it was also kind of a, a culture shock for me just because it was so different than growing up here in, in Dubai, in the UAE, which it's like, obviously, we're very much Arab and strong Arab culture, even though we do have, in my opinion, a lot of, you know, Westernized, like we have mm -hmm. a westernized lifestyle, which which is great. You know, it's, it's a mix a mix of two opposites. But then I went to Canada, and it was kind of a culture shock where it was like, you know, this is how it's done here. Yeah. Again, in university, I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, you can't really question it, and and it was both the spoken rules and the unspoken rules. And by the way, I just want to say, as a mature adult now, I, I do believe that, that humans need rules. So <laughs> we, we do need rules. <laughs> I totally agree with you. Just, just, not, just I don't think as many as, as we have. That's it. So when you say it was different in Canada, how would you define that? Was it different in terms of scary? Was it completely, uh, was it where you felt not pleasant being there? Or was it just different in terms of society, but you still felt comfortable it was uh, uh, in that new environment it was yeah i mean it was different uh, mainly from from a society perspective where i i was you know like i i was accountable for myself and i had these responsibilities even though i was a student mm -hmm. you know but and um then at the same time you know making mistakes and saying stupid things in front of people and you know At which it just it makes me realize like okay I need to be more aware of my decisions and the things that I say because it could you know it could have a negative effect mm -hmm. on me or so I became more self conscious in a way. Okay. Would you say you are more easier? Or can you easier adapt to change? Because moving, you know, literally being in a complete different you know environment has to have or you need to have some kind of capabilities to adapt to yeah it. i do i think is it easy for you yeah general, i think it is easy it? for for me i think it is easy for me so that was easy for you in yeah. canada yeah and, and 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 especially because i was growing up in a um international city like dubai where i was exposed to so many different cultures so i naturally just had to adapt to the person that i was talking to so yeah. even till today i I've, i still feel it yeah you know 
So what happened then? You stayed for four years? Four years, Four yeah, years in Canada. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How was the time when you left? Did you like, you got four years are quite a long time. Yeah, it it's is. It's not like a year. Or I don't know, in a, in a weird way. And, and again, you know, this kind of goes back to just, you know, not being able to sit still. Like I was so tired of, I don't want to, I'm tired of going to class. I'm tired of this, you know, homework and essays and being graded and all that. I just, I'm ready. Yeah. So um, right after that, I worked in an advertising agency because, I mean, I have a business degree, but... You back know, here in, in Dubai. Yeah, I moved back, back to yeah. Dubai mm -hmm. and um, my f the focus that I wanted was on, on marketing. So my first step was working in an ad agency. And that was a real... I mean, working in an ad, ad agency, it's not as glamorous or sexy as people think. It's... It's pretty, um, I, I learned a lot and I'm, I'm so grateful for that learning experience. You know, it just got thrown in the deep end. I learned how to be professional, learned how to, how to work and manage expectations, manage people, influence, knock down doors to get what you want. Um, what was your job? Like, I, was an, you I was an account executive. Account, okay. I was an account executive. And, um, yeah, I was there for a year and a half. And then up until 2009, the, the financial, cr the ripples of the financial crisis came to Dubai and, um, you know, I was at the bottom of the food chain. So I was, uh, let go, even though they did want to hire me back. Yeah. I have to say, and then I said, no, yeah. my, my ego, my pride. <laughs> so this, uh, this, let's say two, three years into the financial crisis, how yeah. was that for you? Like... I mean, you know, because uh, that's the first few years, you know, after university, um, you went to a job market where the economy worldwide is literally, you know, having the worst times. Yeah. For a long time. I mean, were you affected? Were you like shocked or were you say, I don't care. I just got to find my way. Yeah, that's what I say. I don't care. I got, and I got to find my way. And I still say that till today. Okay. You know, thankfully, I still have that fuel in me to be like, yeah. whatever, I'm, I'm going to do what I want to do and what I need to do, which is obviously pay the bills, yeah. support my family. You know, I have to make sure I can do that. Okay. So you are more like the person who's, um, because when I just listened to you, you know, like you are very driven. When you want something, yeah. you go for it. Yeah. And self-conscious as well. So yeah. regardless if the, you know, the environment, the outside factors are not necessarily playing with you, mm. you're not letting yourself uh, push down by these factors, right? Is that more this kind of character, who you are? Yeah, it so is. And, and like I've kind of realized that about myself. And it's, uh, there might be a slightly negative connotation to this, but it, it's not passion that drives me. It's actually frustration that drives me which is I, I don't like how things are playing out in, in whatever, in this context or that context. You know, I cannot sit and, and uh, you know, just I want to be my own boss. I don't want to sit and, and work for someone else who thinks he's the wolf of Wall Street. Mm. So again, thank, I'm thankful that I have the choice to, to pursue what I want to do. So I've taken that choice. And... Um, Yeah, so it's, it's, it's weird. It's, it's, I'm driven by the things, not the things that I want to do in addition to the things that I don't want to do. Yes. So when 
when you say you have this kind of the, the frustration drives you yeah um you had this first job financial crisis started you had another job afterwards like employed yeah you were employed yeah where were you employed this was at uh, a food marketing company and i was a, a brand manager there and um I was there for three years. It's uh, they're they're a local company. They're a Saudi they're a Saudi based company, and they're they're all over the Middle East. And I mean, you know, what can I say? Yeah. It was a it was a family connection kind of thing. So I met, got the job, and I learned a lot. I um, it was uh, another learning experience. And even though it was FMCG and selling food products, you know, I just I, I learned a lot about things, and I learned a lot about how to sell whether sell a product or service, how to deal with people, how to, you know, understand the market, understand the competitive forces, how to adapt, how to understand the needs of your consumers mm. and stakeholders and, and simply just just give people what they want, you know? And, and again, I feel that companies here, it's, it's like they, they, it's more simple than it, it, it seems, you know, business 101, stick to business 101 and, the basics. The basics, yeah. And, and when you're in a position where you can afford to evolve and grow and get all fancy schmancy, then then you do that. Hmm. So at that time when you were employed, you had already this intention of founding something for yourself? Again, having your no, own business? Not really. So that was 2009, mid-2009. And it was 2010 where... where um, I uh, I was approached by this this NGO that said we yeah. want you to create the, the exactly. youth chapter. That's what so, you mentioned before. Yeah. So that's when I discovered okay, like I actually have the ability to create something, and we created all these like really cool events mm. and um, things like you know movie nights, marathons, uh, art galleries, and it was um, it was it was it was great, and I, I realized wow, I can actually. If I, I can do whatever I put my mind to yeah. and I can, I can build something on my own. So, because the moment... There's a transition coming. I was Don't just worry. thinking, yeah, it's I was coming. just thinking, what is, what, <laughs> happening, what happened between these few years till social tent? Yeah, yeah. What yeah, is happening between? So what, is, what, is, what happened you know, afterwards? Yeah, for sure. And I mean, it, it was, I mean, so 2011, I was 26 years old. And funny enough, I had like a, a cousin just randomly come in from the u.s and he started telling me he's like man you know you need to like get out of the arab world for a bit like just take a break and do something like work abroad do a master's abroad you know you need to see the world and all that like there's more out there yeah. and and it was so weird that when that happened and it just something that that was a transition point like and that just changed me. And I just started really thinking about what he said. And again, like putting, you know, connecting the dots. And, and then it just came over me when I'm like, you know what? I do need a break. I just need to get out for a bit. I want to be disconnected. I don't want to go on a vacation. I don't want to go on a two, three month mini sabbatical. I need to get out i need to buy a one-way ticket you changed the location completely in the yeah. environment yeah yeah and and that's when i decided well how about i i, I do a little bit I, I be a little bit productive with my time and i go and i do a master's abroad I see. so i go to business school that was my way interesting of, 
that that was my way of just I don't know I didn't want to do like 80 days around the world and all that I mean that to me I don't know I I, I needed I needed you don't so like to copy others that, right? yeah yeah that's that's also part of it I mean I, I knew that I needed something to anchor me. And so that's why I said, okay, let mm. me do a business school. It'll be fun, you know, going back to school. Gives you a plan, actually, a curriculum. Yeah, yeah exactly, right. yeah. And I mean, of course, I learned a lot. I met some amazing people who yeah. were, you know, on the same level as me yes. at the time. It's like, we want to learn, we want to have fun, we want to travel, we want to party, we want we yes. to just take the next stage of our lives so when I was in at Is when I was at Isade um, I really just I really just um, I, I was exposed to a lot and I was I was living in Barcelona for about a year and a half just under a year and a half and it was funny enough the first six months I was like you know the the first uh, like the first semester which mm -hmm. is just you know ends at Christmas time yeah. I was in this total just a blank mind of you know what I'm not even thinking about what's going to happen after I'm just enjoying my mm -hmm. time in Barcelona with these great people learning studying listening to new ideas and um, so at that time I didn't exactly have this entrepreneurship bug so mm -hmm. I went back home for for Christmas and it was very, very ironic um, or coincidental or what, whichever term you want to use there. Um, my my dad, he he got a book for my sister. My sister is a chef in Paris and, you know, she has these dreams of opening her restaurant one day. So my dad actually got her a book and it's a very simple book. It's 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 called uh, Breakthrough Entrepreneurship. So I'm like, huh, okay, well, why don't I flip through the pages here and, and read what, what it's about? So I started reading it, and, I'm, and what really struck me is that there are all these stories of how these people made it big. And what struck me about that is that these people are normal, average individuals. They saw a problem, yeah. a problem in mm. many cases that they had, that they had this problem on their own, and they decided to, sol to solve it. Yeah. And then somehow with preparation, with strategy, with business tactics, they were able to monetize and have a company and you know, mm -hmm. yeah. live that yeah. entrepreneurial life. So when I read that book, I just got so excited again. That's when I got excited. I'm like, wow, you know, this is, it's something like, I want to do that. I mm -hmm. want like, if they can do it, I can do it. Yeah. It's, it's not going to be easy. Yeah, it's not easy now. <laughs> of course, not. Yeah, but I mean, many things. It's an overnight, you know, success yeah. story. We can always turn it into real. Yeah, and that that book kind of turned your that that inspiration was so that is like entrepreneurship for sure. And that was just a, you know, there's a there's a transition for you. It's just a hard, just it just flipped me. And thankfully, at that time, I was going back to business school yeah. for my second semester. And that's just when I started doing research and talking to people and really just dissecting this whole entrepreneurship thing and, and running a business thing. And, and, um, and then and part of me thought, it's like, okay, like I want to 
give back in one way or another. I want to do something that's meaningful, something that, that contributes to society. But I do genuinely believe in the principles of business. Yeah. So how do I combine that? And, and that's where, you know, the whole I, I read more about social entrepreneurship. Yes. And funny enough, that concept was introduced to me a little bit before business school. So now I, I, I you know, took social enterprise courses and, you know, I read more about it, case studies, I talked to people. And um, that's, you know, around that time, that's when I had the idea of like, okay, let's do social tent, you know, let's... But you must have seen a problem as well, right? Because as you said, like social tent is about connecting. Yeah, so, so so there are there are two problems, and you know I, I admit like maybe the the main problem that I saw was that there are so many people, so many professionals again who who want to work for something that has a higher meaning, mm -hmm. whatever it is, whatever it is, as long as it's giving back to society, you know, whether through education or the sustainability sectors or nonprofits, so. That's kind of what started it. And then the more research I did, I realized that, okay, these organizations in the region, like many other companies in this region, they, they don't do such a great job at hiring people yeah. and finding, fi hiring and finding the right people. And I mean, that's also just a topic, a topic on its own. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, okay, well, <laughs> if I can help them find the right people, and get paid for it, you know, I'm making the job seeker happy, I'm making the organization happy, the organization is working on something great, mm -hmm. you know. It's a win-win for everyone. Exactly, it's yeah. a win-win for everyone. What do you think it's about, the, when you, we say, you know, finding the right talents? It's, it's, you know, it's usually we talk about, we, let's find the right talents, but yeah. is there also a source to bring people the knowledge that they are educated and well-prepared for the, these positions? Is that something where you also saw, okay, that was also a problem at that time, or that still obviously might be a problem? Often we only focus on the people who have the talent and we completely mm. forgetting the people who don't have the talent. Is that something where you said, okay, this is also something I want to tackle on, a social talent? Where I said, we help the people who might have some something, but yeah. not necessarily there yet. For sure, and... Again, what you're talking about is the, the training and development exactly the person, sector, yeah. which is, yeah. is very important and it's needed. Um, of course, as social tent, you know, even though our main, uh, well, our, our business model is recruitment, we're always looking for, for other sources of revenue. I mean, that's how you have to think as a social enterprise. You can't just stick to, okay, I want to save the world, yeah. but it's like, how do I make money so that I can actually solve these these problems yeah so i mean i have a, it's all about capabilities like right now it's we're small and it's we're not we're exploring it we're working on proposals and how we can do that but nothing yet has materialized on that front but i totally agree i mean it's it's important and it's it's also an opportunity yeah you wrote an article um, on linkedin about <laughs> how to find uh, how to uh, actually it was about being expert That you yeah. have to be an expert yeah, in a specific yeah. field, especially for startups. Yeah. And you said, you know, first let's define what means or what it means to be an expert. 
What is your definition? What is your definition of being an expert? Okay, yeah, I'm looking. I'm trying to see it because it's been a long time since I, I wrote that article, and uh, I found it very interesting actually. Because being an expert, you know, there are a lot of definitions. When I uh, yeah. uh, read for it, it's like interesting. But what is your definition of being an expert? My, because yeah, being an expert means you know that subject. Yeah, is that because from from my understanding someone who is an expert they reached a specific end goal because there is not more to learn mm. but there is actually always something new to learn so you can never be an expert for something to that extent so what is your definition of being an expert being an expert is knowing more about your business and your sector than most other people that's how i would define it Because like you said, the learning never ends. Yeah. You're constantly learning. You have to constantly read. You have to constantly talk to people and understand what's going on. And the more that you learn, the more of an expert that you become. And, and I think I remember something in that article about that. That takes time. That takes a lot of time. It doesn't happen overnight. And uh, learning, engaging, teaching, helping others. And also having kind of that, um, you know, mo like modules and formulas and processes that you can share so that other people can learn from you. It's a combination of those. Being an expert, how important for you is it is to have the skill of listening? Even as an expert, because an expert, you usually, you know, communicate more. Yeah. Or share more knowledge than others. How important is for you the skill of listening it's it's so important and my, and my wife tells me that all the time you don't listen <laughs> <laughs> in what context <laughs> <laughs> outside the podcast outside the podcast <laughs> um so no um it is very important and, and i i also again genuinely i every day i try to improve my listening skills because the better I listen, the better I learn, the better I know. Mm -hmm. So of course, I mean, listening, it, it's, it's priceless. Yeah. And again, I stress on these things because the age that we live in today, we're so distracted. We are so, we're unable to focus on one thing We're we've, it's almost as if we've become conditioned to like, look, w look at the next shiny thing. Mm -hmm. So we're unable to just, stay and listen and, and focus yeah. and also part of that which whatever that's another topic is it's just the, the amount of devices and screens that that we use and that we're on like yeah. there is a lot of research coming out that's saying guys this stuff is affecting our memory it's affecting our attention so now more than ever you have to proactively improve your listening skills proactively improve your your focus because it's it's a muscle they're yeah. muscles i did a lot of research recently about generation set actually you know mm. very like teenagers yeah uh, now and it's shocking to see that they have an attention rate an average attention rate of five to eight seconds yeah. obviously when you think about where this comes from it comes from social media youtube quick video clips Yeah. Deciding yes, no, next. Yes, no, yes. When you scroll for your social media, 
feet, you actually make a decision of two or three seconds. Mm. And that affects everything around. It affects the school, it affects reading, that you can't focus more than a couple of seconds. Yeah. It's even way worse than in our generation. Yeah, it is worse than And our then teach a young person you should focus on a startup idea for at least two or three months working on it. It's impossible. <laughs> at least. Yeah. yeah, or having a plan. <laughs> it affects, I mean, we don't know even what it affects in the future other industries yeah you're absolutely just, right and, and I, I don't know what to say about that and 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 that's why you know whoever's listening and you guys need to really take the initiative to flex your your muscles the muscles of your brain because yeah. that's that's all you have so how would you what would you advise like uh, young people who are listening what would you advise how to best train these muscles because Honestly speaking, this is a society where you can't be outside of social media, especially as a teenager. If you're in, if you're out, then you're definitely not part of it. How can you focus? It's really just, you know what? Sometimes it's just about saying fuck it and you just do it. There's no, there's no way, there's no process. It, It's just about having that willpower and just saying, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go through the, the quote-unquote pain of pushing myself. It's about making that decision. And sometimes there's, that's all it takes is a decision mm. to do it. I mean, that, that's, that's how I see it. And, and I'm only talking about the way I made decisions to persevere and to commit to something and to improve on something i just said i'm just going to do it yeah so that decision for example with social tent it was obviously you know the book was one of the triggers yeah. but how long did it took you to really make the decision to say okay now is the moment i'm gonna start this yeah so um i finished business school end of 2013 It was 2014, and um, I worked for a startup called Teach Me Now. Um, it was uh, I was directly working under the founder Thea Mervold, who's just a great lady. I highly respect her. She I just learned a lot from her, and she showed me what it takes to to create a startup from mm -hmm. a, at a very early stage, and. At that time, I knew that I, I would still have some sort of day job and start building social tent on the side. Side, side and, hustle. Yeah, and, yeah. and how I, what I did is I actually first created social tent as a job board. The mm -hmm. first version of social tent was a, a simple job board. It was really simple and, and people said, wow, it's so nice and clean and user friendly. It's like, yeah, that's, that's what I wanted. You know, that, like, there's so many ugly job boards out there. So I, um, which is actually you, you were frustrated from the other job boards, right? Yeah, and that exactly. drive drove you yeah. to, to create yeah, a more like, cleaner, easier yeah, it's interface. Like, why should it be like this? So I built that with a, you know, with a web developer start, you know, with jobs, very simple jobs on one side, CVs on the other side. Yeah. And I slowly iterated that job board where it's like, okay, you know, you can't really see the CVs. You have to log in and all that. Mm -hmm. And people like there was, 
interaction you know people were applying to it and p- people applying for jobs there and something that just made me so happy at the time was within i think the first year there was a 40% return rate a returning visitor rate so for, 40% of the yeah. visitors that yeah. came to the social tent job board are returning visitors and to me that was like wow I, that's i can't believe yes. I, i did that so yeah. how many uh, how many are we talking about how many people were like in the let's say in the first few months so <laughs> it's, 40% it's, is, yeah. is the percentage uh, i can't remember were you overwhelmed it, from the requests or how was it like so I can't remember the, the exact number. And, yeah. and to be honest, it wasn't like a huge number. It wasn't in the, the hundreds of thousands or yeah, anything, yeah. you know, but, but still like you get a returning yeah. visitor, a returning customer. It's, it's, it's yeah. a good thing. Um, because I'm asking because it's, it was focused on social entrepreneurship. It's focused social. Yeah. So, right? it, so we There were posting, di- posting jobs in the environmental sector, which included renewable energy, energy efficiency, environmental sustainability. And in the social impact sector, which is education, youth development, mm. nonprofit slash humanitarian, and, and also whatever social enterprises were, were around. And, um, and so people would reach out and I was very touched and blessed with some of the things that they, they, they would say. They would say how much they loved the brand and they loved the concept. And, and I would respond. And at that stage, when you're just starting out, you want to respond because you, there's, you just take 30 seconds to respond to a, an email, even if it's saying, oh, sorry, I don't, I, I don't have a job for you right now. Even that, it will just make the day of the person. Mm. And then you look at the other side. If I didn't respond, they'll be like, oh, yeah, I emailed them. They didn't reply or I got some, yeah. you know, robotic email response like the so, human being behind yeah exactly the, uh, and email application and and because of that that really helped the word of mouth of social tent within the community it was social itself right yeah it was social itself you had the there was a person behind yeah yeah exactly yeah. A, yeah yeah and people appreciate that yeah and thankfully they, they remembered that and that's what made them share like social tent mm. With, with other people in the community who wanted similar jobs. Yeah. So that was the job board. And then eventually I thought, okay, I need to monetize this. So I, I pivoted to the recruitment business model, which mm-hmm. is more, which is a commission based where I place a candidate at the organization and I get a commission, which is, which is more, it's more lucrative and it's more, there's, there's like a high quality assurance behind it because I screen the candidate, I speak to them, mm-hmm. I, I get to know more about their skills and how they match the skills and the values of the organization that I'm, I'm placing them in. So, yeah. This transition from job board to commission. Yeah. In the end, you completely gave up the job board, right? Yeah. You focused only on the commission part. Um, how was that time for you? Because let, we're talking about the last two, three years, right? Last two, three years. Yeah. So the actually. job board, the job board was 
I mean, I, I, it took me a year to build the job board. <laughs> a little bit longer than it should. But actually, I remember I had a problem with the web how, developer. How, yeah, exactly. How many people were actually part of there? I mean, I worked with one developer. It didn't work out. I lost you know, four months. And then I worked with another developer. And thankfully, between four and six months, it was, it was up and running. Okay. So for from 2015, I think it was, it was 2015 and 2016, it was a job board. And then November 2016, that's when I changed the website to reflect the, the operations of, the, of a recruiter yeah. for these sectors and um, changed the business model. And I admit there was some, I could feel there was some disappointment with, with, uh, with the people that are like, oh, you know, I wanted to know what jobs are out there and what's mm. happening. But then... And yeah, I didn't get that 40% return <laughs> visitor rate yeah. anymore. <laughs> yeah. But it was, it's an evolving business, right? The business changed. So that's... Yeah. Yeah. And again... You I adopted, mean, you experimented and yeah. that's in that direction. Yeah. Yeah. So let me summarize a little bit the last few years. So yeah. when we want to summarize, let's say, till Social Tent mm. for now, that book was kind of the transition. Kickstart yeah, the trigger. Yeah, yeah. Would you say that from that, it was 2011, if I remember correct now, 10, 11, um, was, a, was the book? I, bo I got the book in December of 2012. 12. So from 2012 till 2017-ish. Yeah. Would you say this is one chapter by itself? The chapter of like, you know, yeah, for sure. entrepreneurship, social entrepreneurship. Yeah, chapter. Story of, of social tent. Yeah, it was a, it's a it's a chapter of entrepreneurship, but there are even sub chapters in there where it required me to develop myself and yeah. to make sure that I was ready to build a business. What would be the main chapter of this when you put it a title from 12 to 17, 2017? Not going in each little chapter, so what would be like the main chapter which kind of summarizes all these chapters? You know, I think the main, funny enough, I think the main chapter would just be the, the chapter within this larger chapter. It would just be it, that second semester of business school because I suddenly just got into this new world of ideas and research and, you know, understanding what is the formula for a successful mm -hmm. business. And at the same time, just being around fr like these great people and meeting new people and traveling and it's like so much was happening and it was, yeah. So the business school is more or less one of the key yeah, chapter I mean, names. And, and I mean, funny enough that that's what I, <laughs> what I tell everyone. I'm like, if you can afford to take time off, yeah. go do your master's in Barcelona. <laughs> you, three, three years, right? No, how many years no, in Barcelona? No, the, the yeah. Barcelona was only a year, a year and four months. Three, one, yeah, 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 four months. A how master's was? degree is usually just, it can be just yeah. about a year, yeah. under a year. It was a master's in marketing. Okay, how was that time actually living in Spain? I loved it, I loved it. And um, again, you know, I was, it was different than Canada because I was older, I was more confident, I was more self-aware and aware of, of what was going on and... Um, and, and, you know, another like just tipping point towards the end of that, when I just after living in Barcelona and, and seeing what I saw, I saw that 
there are so many different people from different walks of life and they are a lot of them are trying to do great things mm-hmm. and not necessarily just in the realm of entrepreneurship in, mm-hmm. in anything and when I saw that that's when I realized like you know what I can do these great things as well and that's what just really drove me mm-hmm. interesting so Sami, what's the next chapter in your life the next chapter is I assume this is related to blockchain yeah it's, 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 yeah it's part of it's related to blockchain I mean that's still on the recruitment front yeah but the next chapter after that is uh, recruitment technology and that's all I'm going to say about that <laughs> <laughs> ah that's why t- uh, Chitex involved yeah, in technology yeah, got it yeah. but what is it personally what, what is a let's say in the next chapter in your life personally put away like you know the, the project you're working on what you have yeah. something in that what is the personal goal for you in the next chapter honestly Daniel it's, it kind of goes back to those three pillars that I mentioned of just work myself work um, myself and family. my family yeah. and constantly improving within each pillar that's it's it's a bit general but it just feels it feels right i had a, a friend of mine interviewed a couple of months ago um talking about something very similar what you mentioned about three pillars but he put it in a um, in a different angle he said that it's like a chair when you sit on a chair each chair has four legs each mm-hmm. leg is a pillar in your case. One is the family, one is the career, one is the personal health, and one is the, what was the other, sp- I think, health. You could say hobbies. Or, or hobbies, yeah, or activities. Yeah, yeah. If one or the lack is not working well, you might fall from the chair. Of course, of course. And if you don't balance yourself, you might fall completely. Of course. And you might not even get up again. And that's very interesting. When you put yourself literally on the chair, And you're trying to balance it. Because you just mentioned balance, right? You're trying to balance these kind of pillars. But when you are in a chair and you're shaking, you see which pillar is actually really... um, Which pillar affects the other pillar, actually. Exactly. interconnected. If your health isn't working well, you can't even support the other aspect as well. I was just going to say that. Yeah. I mean, they, they, these areas of our lives, they spill over into each other. Yeah. If your health is not good, then it's going to affect your relationships and how you make money. If, your money is not, if you're not making enough money, it might affect, again, your relationships. It exactly. might affect your health. If you don't have uh, good relationships and a good support system, how is it going to help you achieve what you want to achieve? How, how is it going to help you push and improve your your both your physical your physical and mental health like health is not just physical it's also uh, yeah mental and, and spiritual as well i know that you're into sport as well the other day i met you like yeah you wanted to do more sport actually i remember the last conversation or with running for example yeah. How, what is what is your current like uh, next step when it, it comes to sport you know what and basketball it, you're into basketball yeah yeah and again what? again it goes back to what i was saying about connecting what it is that excited mm. excites you or excited you as a kid and i i played a lot of basketball in high school and bit in university and i love it i mean 
and that's that's what I'm doing now. Yeah. I'm just um, I, I play basketball on a weekly basis, and uh, honestly, it's therapeutic for me. <laughs> it's, <laughs> switching it's, off. Yeah, totally switching off. All I care about is grab the ball, put it in the net. Like that. <laughs> that's all I think about. I don't think about anything else. So, nice. um, and it's 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 and also there's the running aspect which we talked about, and that to me, I mean. To me, that's more so about my morning routine, which, which I, which I, I just love it. You know, it just sets me up for my day, and yeah. uh, and and also, I mean, it's something. It's very important. You know, we t- mentioned hobbies and and that. You have to do things outside of your work, because that's what will keep you sane, and you have to stimulate the creative side of your brain. You know, there's the logical, rational, mm-hmm. mathematical side of your brain. Then there's the creative, colorful, inspirational side of your brain. I feel, and I'm, I'm seeing that here, just people are so submerged into their work lives that they come home, they get exhausted, and they pass out in front of the TV. Okay, well, I do that as well, but that's not a very healthy way to, to live. Mm-hmm. And you have to get involved in in the in your creative side everyone every one of us has a little bit of creativity you have to embrace that whether it's reading poetry writing poetry drawing painting photography when i was younger i used to do a lot of sketches and cartoons and caricatures and i didn't really pick that up but only literally only in the last few weeks I'm like, you know what? I need to get back into that. But what I did instead, (laughs) I actually started painting. And I've never painted before. I know I have that artsy side of me. Mm. So I bought some canvases. I bought some oil paints. Never painted with oil paints before. And I just started painting. And again, I mean, you know, when... Each of us does their own piece of work. You obviously want to be proud of that piece of work. And thankfully, I'm really liking what I'm doing. It's like, wow, it's actually nice. I think I'm going to hang this up. So it's important to do that for, I think, two reasons. First of all, obviously, to switch off and just stimulate other parts of your brain. But the second thing which I found, which has really amazed me, I found that I'm learning things about myself through... Mm my art side which is the painting and i'm even learning about myself through my sports side mm-hmm. it's like i'm learning what my strengths are i learn what my weaknesses are i learn like little little things as well i mean like when it comes to the painting you know i don't know if there are any artists listening but when i pick my colors i don't have a little you know thing on the side where I choose my colors. Yes. I, I throw all my colors on the canvas and I play with it until I like the colors. You know, which reminds me of Jim Carrey. He's also an artist. I yeah, don't know if yeah. you saw the YouTube videos. I all did. the yeah, paintings yeah. he creates, yeah. he hasn't got a plan in the beginning. He involves exactly. the picture as he draws. That's that's exa- painted, yeah. And that's exactly what, uh-huh. what how I do it. Now, I mean, so far it's a lot of abstract stuff, which I, I think still looks kind of good. Um, but again, I just... Like one of the things I learned about myself is when I let go, it's actually the end product is actually something, it can be something quite beautiful. Because with my art, I'm just letting go. 
Yeah. You know, I spend all day thinking and strategizing and take and, you know, yeah. making the right decisions. But when it comes to things like art and sport, you know, I just let go and things turn out beautifully. It's also a language, right? It's like when you draw or paint, it's a language. Mm. You communicate. Yeah. I it might be sometimes a beautiful lang language. Sometimes it's not a beautiful yeah, one, yeah. but it's a language, right? Yeah, yeah, so you want to communicate something for yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, just letting something out. Yeah. That's, that's how I see it. Cool. Yeah. So in each book, you know, mm. there is, um, and I go back to the book chapters and book format, in each book there is a copyright section. Mm. And when we talk about copyright section, it's, you know, usually you should not copy that unless you ask the author. Yeah. What you don't want young people to copy from your life. Uh, were there parts yeah. in your life where you said, please, better of don't course. do that, same mistake? Yeah, don't, don't think that the world revolves around you. Don't think that you're the only human being. Don't, don't, let your, don't be blinded by your ego. Don't be blinded by your emotions. Don't, don't be attached to what you think is right because, the, first of all, that, that might change. And your, your feelings towards whatever topic that you think is right, it, it will change. So don't, don't be so rigid. You are not the center of the universe. And that's often many people, young people think actually, when they yeah. you know, want to become that one big star yeah. on YouTube. And, and for a long time, I thought that way. I mean, I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't rude about it. I wasn't an yeah. asshole, but I was kind of like an asshole on the inside, but mm. on the outside I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> cool. So when I close the book yeah. and I turn it around, you mentioned that the cover should be something around space. Yeah. Space, something which is, as you s described it, as um, limitless. Yeah. What could be the book title? I thought about that, and funny <laughs> enough, I, I had trouble coming up with it, and I, I came up with something. It might sound kind of cheesy, but it's... <laughs> it's, it's actually, it's, it's not <laughs> easy, by the way, to come up with something, because that's kind of the summary of, you know, of all chapters, or kind of... Yeah. I mean, it would... describe you. It would just be, you know, follow your heart, trust your gut. Follow your heart, trust your gut. And that's because, and again, I mean, this is just based on looking back at, you know, the chapters of my life and realizing how much I was at peace when I followed my heart, just doing the things that I wanted to do. Mm. Although still following my gut which is which says sometimes listen it's you also have to understand the environment that you're in you have to understand the realities mm. you have to understand the consequences of the decisions of following your heart like being passionate is not enough you have to you have to listen to also what your head is telling you and what you think would will like happen as a result of following your heart and making certain decisions. Yeah. But, um, but also the reaction of it, you know, when let's say you made a decision of, let's say you, let's say resign and you take the next step into the yeah. unknown. It's also yeah. making the decision of st staying relatively calm. Yeah. You know, a conscious decision of how yeah. you react to the consequence. Exactly. And, 
I mean, just by I've seen that following my my gut, it's made me, you know, at peace and balanced and taking one day at a time and enjoying myself. I'm not a millionaire, but I'm so thankful and blessed to have the life that I have because I get to do things that I enjoy doing. Yeah. What's your morning routine? So because I'm, I, you know, I usually ask that also because I'm interested. How yeah. do you start your day? Remember, you mentioned that uh, earlier. Said this made my day. You yeah. know, the sport or the morning run or something. Yeah, for How, sure. Are you a morning person? Are you like okay? I'm gonna set up the tone of the day in the morning. I am a morning person because uh, I I've learned to become a morning person because I said fuck it. I want to wake up early and start my day early because I have a longer day and I feel good and all that. Yeah. So I made the decision. What is early for you? Early for me is six thirty. Okay, okay. So it used to be seven, but then people were laughing at me, so I said, "Okay, yeah, let's push it towards six and six thirty." <laughs> so I mean, my morning routine is, you know, wake up early. I go go for a run, whether it's outside or on the treadmill in the gym. I do some body weight exercises like push-ups, squats, uh, exercises for my abs, which I should focus more on my abs. Um, then after that, I I do uh, I do some stretches, stretches for my legs and and my back. I take a cold shower. Most mornings, I take a cold shower. Uh, it really wakes me up. <laughs> <laughs> and then after that, I do some breathing exercises, like alternate nostril breathing. And sometimes if I'm not in the mood or if I'm not feeling it, I'll just lay down and close my eyes and okay. breathe for just for about 10 minutes. Then after that, I um, make some green tea and I read. I read something that's a bit on this, you know, stimulating side, something that I can learn from, something that inspires me. Mm. And then after that, I have a nice big breakfast. I have to have a big breakfast. I'm, I, I, cannot, I don't understand these people who just drink coffee and then start their day. No, I, breakfast is the most I, important yeah, meal, as yeah, it always says. I, I need to have that breakfast. <laughs> and then I, I start my working day. And again, this is what I realized works for me. It doesn't. Yeah. It, and, and that's what matters. You have to know what works for you. If you're the kind of guy that can just, guy or girl that can just get up and start their day just by putting on their clothes. Great, good for you. I wish I was like that, but yeah. I, 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 need to do, I need to do those things for my mind and my body so that I have a, a productive and energetic day ahead. But making that conscious, conscious decision of creating an environment where you feel most comfortable in yeah. is actually the first step, right? Because many are maybe like you, but they are being forced to react like everyone else, to fit in. Yeah, again, you know? and... It's about the choices we have and the decisions mm. that we make. And, you know, just, you have to try. You have to give it a shot. Great. I think that's a great ending, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> give it a shot. <laughs> um, one last thing. Yeah. You know, when I looked into a Social Tent website, and yeah. I looked into About Us section, yeah. I keep seeing the word we. We are why we are different yeah. we are are you are you that person who bringing people together and saying we creating this yeah of course and not putting yourself in front 
I mean, I could Someone not... leading from behind. That's, that's, yeah. that's your personality. I mean, I could not do this on my own. So it's, I mean, on the About Us section, it's me and my, my wife, Tamara, and she helps me out with Social Tent. And there are also other partners that we work with who, who you know, support us in the recruitment process. There are also, there's also just the wider community that believes in the concept of Social Tent and helps us get connected get connected to both the right kind of organizations and the right kind of people. So mm. it is really just a, a team effort. And uh, yeah, we're all, we're all under the same tent, so. <laughs> Lovely, we're all the same, the same umbrella. Yeah. We all have the same problems. <laughs> Great, awesome. Thanks, Sammy. Thanks for the time. It it's actually my, over it's 90 my, minutes now. It's, it's my pleasure and, and thank you. And uh, I mean, I look forward to having another conversation in a few few years' time, you know, on the podcast where hopefully yeah. I'll have more chapters to share. I yeah, mean, we I just covered the surface. Yeah, we, we just could dig deep so much more in this yeah, conversation. and we're just getting started. I mean, these yeah. are the initial chapters of my life, and I have, you know, hopefully a lot more to a lot more chapters. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I had a, one of the person I interviewed like five months ago. We actually gonna mm. record in two months' time a follow up. Just to look oh. if that one chapter he said became true. Okay. And that's interesting because no, no, normally when we plan something, yeah. it's never going to be like that. <laughs> never, yeah. ever. It maybe goes in the direction, but usually it's not that. And that's interesting, you know. Being okay with, if it's not going according to plan is also a skill. So b- b- before we close, I actually, you know, I, I wanted to hear from you, you know, how's it, how are you finding doing your podcast and the whole podcast community in the UAE, just, you know, if I can turn Could, the tables yes, around for a second. The table. Um, I will be too honest with you. For me, it's a, it's a learning curve. Um, um, regard. The reason why all this started is because when I wrote down my life chapters hmm. a couple of years ago, I realized there were like life transitions in between. And I couldn't be at that stage and that moment in my life if I would not went through that specific kind of chapter. Mm. And often, you know, when we look into a specific character, let's say this is a superstar or we, we say this is an amazing entrepreneur, we only see that person in that moment. We never saw what that person went through. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. We never see that. We never even look into this. So saying this, interviewing people here in the UAE, it's obviously, it's, uh, it's different than when you would interview people like in Europe or in the US, different personalities, different cultures, etc. But what I found out is in common that there are always like unexpected turning, yeah. uh, transitions, turning points in life, which you w- could not have forecast the years before. And it's more about how these people reacted to it. And the people who had, you know, they don't need to be famous. Forget the people who are famous. The people who are really, they stay true to their values from the beginning till exactly. the end are the ones exactly. who don't look for famous, uh, being famous or for f- fame or for anything. They stay true to what they believe in. And this is a character where I think this is, these are the skills where we need to teach more young people. And that's the reason why I actually doing this podcast is because yeah. I want to interview people where I can see they had some values were being, you know, staying persistent yeah. over a long time. 
they had a lot of hardships because it's not a very easy field, social entrepreneurship, UAE. It's like two different worlds. You know, it's For not sure. like in the UK or in a different world. But what made this person keep fighting on it? What is the reason for it? You said about frustration, for example. That's very interesting. If we teach this to younger generations, mm. even teenagers, we help them to stay true to their values and not get, get getting drifted away to areas where they not feel comfortable ending up in jobs where they don't like, et cetera, et cetera. I think this is a, a lesson where we can all learn from each other. You know, we think we can learn something from that super amazing superstar. No, we can actually learn from people who not necessarily have to be famous. Everyday people, they have a story to tell, and everyone has a story to tell. Absolutely. That's why I, I, that's the reason why I started this. Very and cool. And I had, you know, entrepreneurs. I had uh, athletes on board. I had Olympic swimmers on board. Mm. And, you know, this is it's not necessarily that specific category. It's more about people who kept fighting for what they really believed in. And that's what fascinates me to, to learn from. And also actually to share that to other younger generations. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. That's the reason. Very cool. That's the reason why and I put you here. We're all behind you. Awesome. Thanks, Sammy. Thanks for taking the time. My pleasure. And yeah, see you next time. Yeah. Brilliant. Next Thank time. you. Thank Thanks. You. Thanks. Frustration drives me. Words from Sammy and those keywords I won't forget. Something others could learn from. Perhaps if we look for passion, maybe the struggle we have should be turned into passive energy for social good change. You can find more information about Sammy on his LinkedIn profile. I put the links in the show notes and on socialtemp.org. All right, give me a shout out. If you are keen to hear more educational live books from social entrepreneurs, then please suggest guest speakers, topics and critical learnings worth sharing from millennials on our website in chaptersofmylife.org or on Instagram. Leave a comment or drop me a message on social media. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at by Daniel Ludwig. Don't forget, never give up. Always look up. See you next time.